Thanks for tuning in. We're Ace Comicals. I have with me my co-host Rahul Jani and Leon Everett. I'm Greg Driver. Let's get started. Hi guys, welcome to Ace Comicals episode 009. Xenomorphs abound in this Whaley Newtani sponsored edition of Ace Comicals. I have with me today the usual suspects, Leon and Ray, and Ray is unusually good at the knife game. So today we've got two Aliens books to discuss. We've got uh, Alien Salvation, which is Dave Gibbons and Mike Mignola, and then we've got the James Stucco self-produced, they did the whole thing, art right in the lot, Aliens Dead Orbit. Uh, which we only have the first issue of so far, issue two, out May 31st. And I'm very excited about that because I love this guy. So, I guess we're going to start with Alien Salvation, which is the older of the two books. Uh, This book was originally published in 1993. Well, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, yeah, it's that old. (laughs) It doesn't feel that old, though, does it? No. I think the cover betrays that because they've updated the cover for the new edition that we've all got. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't actually feel that old though. It's. It's. Um. To me, it. it, Like when you're reading it, it feels like quite a modern story. It's basically the tale of a. Well, as every alien tale starts, tale of a space voyage gone wrong. Um. So you've got this. uh, You've got this guy called Selkirk who is a very pious cook on a ship. And uh, this ship is carrying cargo, no questions asked cargo, which uh, something goes wrong in the cargo hold and the captain kind of loses his nerve and his marbles a little bit, kills the crew and takes Selkirk with him and sets the ship, basically just leaves the ship and leaves everyone to kind of fend for themselves. Um, They crash land on the planet below them and it's basically this guy trying to keep his faith through his slow descent into madness. Uh, and the whole book is kind of from a flashback point of view, as far as I'm aware, as when I'm reading it, that's what it feels like. Like he's at, we're already at the end of the story and he's telling it blow by blow when he's describing it as if he's confessing his sins. Um, so what do you guys think of it? Well, what, Let's get your guys' initial thoughts. Initial thoughts, shall we? You guys, Let's see what you guys think. <laughs> okay, I guess I'm going first. Right. Um, I I came out of this kind of lukewarm. I think like okay. So the artwork is amazing. I actually genuinely like. Um, I really like the art style of this. It's kind of angular, and the the color palettes are really like. Or each of the frames is individually really well defined in the color. Um, but the story, I feel like it's it's something that's been done before. Maybe it is a sign of its age. Like I, I kind of feel the opposite as you do, Greg. I don't feel like it's a very modern story. I feel like it's a story we've heard a hundred times before, but it does it in a perfectly serviceable way. Like it's a guy in a tough situation looking for salvation as the title implies. And basically going through these, this gamut of trials and then before finding his means of salvation, which we'll get to later. Yeah. um, he um he has his faith tested and yeah he constantly yeah. has his faith tested yeah. in various ways uh and then it comes to a to a shocking head and in very aliens fashion um it ends very violently and i guess like overall i think it's a really well told small story but it's a story i feel like i've seen before i mean i've i kind of get where you're coming from because the the sci-fi elements of the story the basic structure of the story is something we've all seen before it, it's you know it it's very derivative in that way in the fact that it's a a mission gone wrong and we end up with somebody stranded but what i like about it what i find different is the fact that this could almost be you, you could t- you could strip this story back take out the sci-fi elements and it could be a sort of story of a guy shipwrecked somewhere Mm, um yeah and, and you know like a, a, 
a missionary shipwrecked somewhere trying to keep his faith while he's been tested by you know the the the, the wildlife of whatever island he's landed on or something you know mm. And I also like the the, the 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 Christianity spin on it, the fact that he's having his faith tested and the fact that he, the whole, you know, like the, the way they've done, instead of him writing, like usually with these stories, it's someone updating a log or writing in a diary about how they're running out of water and things like that. And it seem, it feels very monotone when they're doing, when you've got the, uh, I guess the narration. But the narration in this is him confessing his sins and, addressing god directly which i think is a bit different which is what makes me think it's it's a it's it's make, make what makes it feel fresh for me anyway i don't know i don't know about about you guys but that that is what makes it feel fresh for me that was one of the questions i was going to put to you guys actually the narration that we see in the square boxes is that him talking to god or is that him talking to us as the audience because he he talks about how he's talking about it all in the past tense and he mentions all the time and at this point, so I prayed, or I begged for mercy, or I uh, begged for salvation. That's not addressing God. That's addressing. Us, well, he he says, right? "I begged for salvation, and you delivered." Oh yeah, shut me up. Yeah, you're right. So so yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. he is he's addressing he's addressing God, and and I guess in this instance, the way he's saying you are God when you're reading it, mm. which is kind of cool in a way as well. It's a little bit meta, yeah, a little bit that's yeah, deep, bro. yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'm going to reread this whole thing. <laughs> Continue. He's read it three times. <laughs> no, so but yeah, I'll jump in with a, a few, few of my thoughts. Yeah, um, go ahead. Yes, it, it's, it's um, funny because reading it, I uh, I wasn't aware um, of how old it was. Did this um, predate Hellboy? That because it's Hellboy mid nineties. Um, I mean, it's not not that important, but like, um, yeah, it's it's a very, um, I know, like, it's 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 a very different story to how he tells the Hellboy tales. Hellboy, uh, Hellboy was just doing. Sorry, oh, sorry, Hellboy was the same year, Leon. Okay, because I know he's just doing the art for this, but he's doing the visual storytelling, and I know Gibbons wrote it, but like. um, yeah, it, it feels like it's his art style, but it feels very. Um, I don't know. I, I like how it's done. It's just weird. It's one of those comics where I think if I had discovered it uh, when I was younger, like in the mid '90s, I'd probably hold some like deep affection for it. But reading it now in uh, 2017 eyes, where I've seen so many things, and as Rahul was saying, uh, we've seen all these tropes and cliches before, um, nearly every single one. So it doesn't bring anything new to the table or anything. It doesn't do anything particularly interesting with uh, those particular tropes. But um, what what I what I do enjoy about it is, uh, yeah, as uh, said before, the art is amazing. Um, but on on top of that, I, I do think it, it's it it reads quite um, quite nicely, like it. You, you progress through the story in quite um, a cool way because you have that framing device of uh, him sort of speaking to God, but like from the uh, from the future and uh, informing reflecting us. on his actions. Yeah, and we we get to see step by step like how uh, he's got in the position because like the first page sort of fake cover thing is. Uh, like him with a, a massive gun and like uh, the shadow of an alien above him. So it's like, you're wondering like, what, uh, how did he get there? And um, I think the way it pulls you in is pretty good, but um, yeah, I compare it more to say uh, it's dumb, but like uh, if there was some sort of um, alien TV show and then they decided to do a bottle episode on a bunch of characters that we've not mm. met before. Yeah, I can and, see that. And this was like, yeah, just a contained uh, episode, um, it, I could see it playing like that because or, while all the stuff with uh, like all the cliches, I mean, the amount yeah. of times that uh, salvation is actually bolded uh, with emphasis is kind of like uh, silly, but recontextualizing it to when it was written, it kind of makes more sense now. But like, um, I don't know, like it's weird reading it at first, I was very sort of like, eh, this is okay, but the more I've let it. Uh, 
let it dwell a bit. I think, it, yeah, it's a very simple story that brings up a lot of tropes um, and brings uh, a lot of hand-wavy, uh, hey, this is an alien and this is an alien thing and this happens in Alien too, and this has happened in Aliens. I kind of think it's, 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 it's a fun... It's a fun little, uh, little aside, and it's interesting to have uh, more sort of characters who are completely unrelated to the, the company and just seeing how wide this web goes and how many lives it destroys and how many uh, how many like plans that the the company has to uh, harvest and look after these uh, weapons of mass destruction and how different people are affected in different ways and it kind of shows more versatility to the alien franchise than we get in the movies really because the movies always like apart from the the first two which are obviously classics the rest of the movies seem to be a remake or an attempted remake of one of the movies that have come before and you get the same uh like beats and uh sequences that play out again and again but not not as not as good so it's nice to sort of have a sort of castaway shipwreck story yeah mostly one man uh not just defending himself against the elements but defending himself against a predator it's nice i'm sorry go ahead no just no it's nice to to get something that's quite different Mm. i like i like the wmd angle in the in the in the story that the um the whole thing about them using the xenomorphs as weapons of mass destruction um and i like i like i like the way that i like the way that that all plays out and how cold it is mm. and which is a trope of this series i think oh yeah which yeah, definitely, again but... I, maybe i'm, I'm uh, sticking to that too much i do think it's really charming in how simple it is and like I said, that coldness, like the cold calculating actions of the company is something that is part of the franchise and yeah. you would, you'd feel lost if it didn't have that there. Well, exactly. It wouldn't It wouldn't be an alien tale without that. Yeah. It wouldn't. It would... It, you have to... But I think separate from that, what, that I think maybe is a bit more original is... Uh, to, Dealing with, um, I mean, not to go into super details, plot details, but how um, the uh, the lead uh, Selkirk, how he deals with um, nature, and how like it's not just a case where things are just like, on this planet they're on. Everything isn't just a monster, but uh, mm-hmm. like he feels remorseful about actions and. I don't know. I think it creates quite a, an interesting, um, not really dichotomy, but quite an interesting uh, yeah. uh, look at how different characters perceive. Mm. Well, he has a respect for yeah. life, regardless of where it's from, or whether it's native to him, or whether it's human. And that's that's something you don't often see because normally people react in these films. People react with a gut instinct of hatred and horror to anything unnatural. Yeah. Mm. Whereas he takes everything with, like, um, he has to scavenge for food and he has to uh, hunt for their meals. And he does seem genuinely remorseful for the things that he has to do to achieve those goals. Yeah, and it's not, it's, um, sorry, it's not, um, I think I think this is what like if this was a standard alien story, you wouldn't get that. It's because of the the whole faith spin on it, the fact that he has this respect for life because of his faith, because he's a he's a Christian, and the fact that he he's not a soldier. He was just contracted as a cook. He's a civilian. He's not you know he's not cut out for this really, is he? Well, there's there's an aspect later on which kind of flips that on its head. Which I I don't know if we want to talk about it now or if we will save for spoilers. Um, I think because it's such a short book, I think I think I don't think we need to have a spoiler section for. It. I think we can just talk about it. Well, with the revelation that Dean is actually an android, mm. and he he comes face to face with the cold calculations of the company, and deems her life a quote unquote life as. 
I don't know. I don't want to use the word lesser, but he he does come to the conclusion that she's just a machine, and he holds little remorse for killing her off for yeah. her actions compared to the 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 you know the native animals of this planet that well, maybe, crash landed on. Maybe through his eyes, because she is man-made, she is an abomination against God. Well, I guess not just man-made, but the fact that she was using him to be able to save her own yeah yeah life, so this, this... I suppose, or not just her life, but the. Yeah. Uh, like the monetary value of the cargo that was crashed. Yeah. Mm. Well, there's anger there. I think, but... that, I think that's my favorite yeah. aspect of yeah. this book yeah. is how interesting that revelation is. Yeah, for me, it's how he justifies things. Like he justifies doing these terrible things that he has to do to survive by, you know, using his faith basically to justify it. So he just he there's anger there when he finds out and, and he obviously shoots her in hot blooded rage that she used him, but he justifies it by saying, well, you know, she wasn't a front against you kind of thing. God, she wasn't, you know, she's not, she's an abomination. She's not even real. She's, she's a robot. But there's also the aspect that she came to save him. Like she saved his life. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Despite, uh, despite of the end goals or the, you know, yeah. what the end justification is, she still had the power to find him and, yeah help him survive mm. and that he has to come face to face with what it took for her to do that and why she's doing it and that like coming up with uh, resolving that dissonance within within him of wanting to survive which is what he's been doing this entire book and allowing them the reasons for his survival to what what's the word i'm looking for to enable the the machinations of the the greater evil which he discovers more than yes. the alien yes so he can he finds that the greater evil is the company that mm. has put all this into place mm. and i find that really interesting yeah i mean i guess it is yeah for me it's it's the the most interest yeah that is very interesting but for me the inter- most interesting aspect is the way he uses his faith to justify things the cannibalism as well um because he's he has to his um when they crash land uh his captain has the the captain that takes him with him on the shuttle kind of takes him hostage almost and says you know you come in with me kind of goes a little bit crazy um from the pain of having been attacked by the cargo which it turns out is the xenomorphs um he's got acid burns and stuff and he's crazy from pain um and he uh he tried well he he in some sort of delirium he goes after selkirk selkirk defends himself and kills the captain and then Obviously, he's starving hungry because nothing on this planet is edible. Uh, it's all, you know, the 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 the, pla- the world the world that they're on is completely against them. Everything there is none of it is. It's such different chemistry that it just yeah because yeah. they'd had they eaten that beast hadn't they and yeah it was gross. It they made it, them ate, a t- ate a pterodactyl and they puked. Yeah. Um. Which is very disappointing because you would have hoped pterodactyls were tasty. Maybe the, maybe Earth pterodactyls are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not this random planet. No, rancid pterodactyl. Which apparently only has pterodactyls and monkey-looking things. Well, that's the only... do you know? Do you know how I view it? I view it as like a primal version of Earth, a single landmass, apes, mm. dinosaurs. I don't know. Well, the reason they they ship the car, the cargo as in the xenomorphs to this yeah. planet is that it is uninhabitable. They couldn't terraform it. Like, yeah, they do. They mentioned that. Yeah. So. You would hope that it is weird. Like they deem these whatever life forms on this planet as not worth saving and yeah. just dropping these WMDs onto it. I think I think they just look at it as you know uh, it's you know it's not advanced. It's just whatever we can use this. They're not going to know what hit them, kind of thing. Mm. But they just don't give a shit. No, do well, they? they don't. No, they don't. They're just <laughs> they're just calculating. You know, but. Mm. Uh, I've got a few. I've got a few more, few, few extra points I wanted, wanted to add. I, yeah. I really like because um, I mean the whole thing of uh, Selkirk and dealing with his faith and blah blah and to survive and slash cast away. That that we've seen that before, uh, but it is rendered well here. But we have seen it before. But re- what I do really appreciate the um, the stuff of like even just mild temptations. So obviously, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, sorry, what's the um... Dean? Dean, Dean yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, D- Dean appears and saves his life, and then he he has these like visions of, and it's like uh, of them uh, what appears to be having sex underwater. But like, um, 
he has these visions and he, and he has to like shake himself out of it and 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 uh, go back to being pious and thinking about what it, it, their their main plan being to uh, get off the planet and, and and survive. But I do like how you start to see like not just the not just cracks, but you start to see him uh, have think about things in a different way and and uh, ponder what what could be and what could have been or ponder oh in a different life this could have happened and mm. that's what i think makes the reveal of her being an android later uh more impactful on him yeah because it's he's almost hurt by that yeah because yeah. that's that just completely screws up any fantasies he had as well as the fact that she used him mm. um and this is why I'm saying it's hot-blooded rage, but then he justifies it by saying, "But she wasn't even real," kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's the same way. The same way that I was, the point that I was getting onto before, before I went off on a wild tangent about <laughs> how he ate his captain. He justified it as like, "Well, I was hungry, and I guess this is this mm. is what I had to do." And you know, and they have that great line later where they don't exchange it, uh, but it's just like she knows. Yeah, mm. she, well, she sees the flies and the dried yeah. meat hanging from his waistband, and she he, she's <laughs> like, "Oh, I get it," you know. And and does it? I, it must strike him as strange that she didn't have to eat, and that she still had yeah. all that water left, having been stranded almost as long as him. <laughs> well, I like. There's some really interesting, like subtle bits of foreshadowing because even at the start, where he's describing, because um, he's telling us the tale in hindsight, and he goes, "To me, it meant a, this job that he's taken means to him a freehold on some farm planet. What did it mean to the others? Foss, Stutz, Lee, Boyd." Yes, and Dean, like separating her from the rest of the crew, because in in his revelation he realizes that she's an android, and what does the job mean to her as opposed to the rest of the natural yeah. human crew? Yeah, like this, there are some really clever bits of writing in this, um, which I really do appreciate. Mm, it is, it is very clever. Um, so I guess we should wrap this one up and move on to conclusions before moving on to the next book. So. Just- um, before oh, we do, before uh, we do, yeah. I'd like to add, I guess it could have been a conclusion, but yeah. I just want to say, like, uh, in typical uh, Bignola style, I really, really like the uh, the sound effects and onomatopoeia mm. uh, mm-hmm. in this. Like, they're they're usually, well, not usually, but a lot of the time, I can't. Some of that stuff just gets in the way for me because the, the sounds don't feel natural, and I think it's just just an issue I have because uh, my interpretation of sounds into words is always different from other people's. So, like, when I a lot of times when I'm reading comics, I'm like, "Drock, what the hell makes a drock noise?" But um, I really like the ones in here where like there's two guns going off and it's like butter, 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 and bracka, bracka, bracka. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I love that." <laughs> it, it really sort of, I don't know, uh, immerses you a bit more and makes things uh, feel a bit more uh, multi-sensor or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and really I like that. the the artwork. Is it's it's like it's just enough detail it's minimal but it's not mm. too minimal and the block coloring yeah yeah it, it's and everything kind of sh- sh- yeah i was gonna say hidden in shadow yeah yeah and i um like leon was saying i like i like the onomatopoeia the use of that and i really like the way that he the horror aspect of it the way that he manages to it, the, the way he draws you know especially with the nightmare sequence that happens in the book uh selkirk has this like horrible fever dream about all the horrible things he's done and had to do to survive so far at the point in the story that he has it and we see all these like uh, the way he drew the way that he gets the the grotesque horror stuff across which i guess he which is you know well he that's his bread and butter he does in hellboy as well but i I just love the way that magnola does that (laughs) the way he manages to draw these like grand horrific like i don't know i just love that so you have uh, written down here my favorite piece of onomatopoeia which yeah. is towards the end where he's talking to dean in the in the spaceship yep and the xenomorphs are like crawling over the the hull of the ship and one just pops into the window shield and goes clunked yes yeah. that's my favorite sound <laughs> in the whole thing Clunked kind of thing like like a bird flying into glass or whatever exactly yeah, <laughs> like you're driving down the motorway and something smacks your windshield clunked <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so overall conclusions. I really enjoyed this book. Um, it's a really nice, short, self-contained story. Um, 
it's I I mean I obviously I, I'm at odds with the other two guys but for me it, it, it feels fresh and it feels modern it feels more modern than it actually is and I like the um for me it, it just I don't know the, the 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 religious side of things feels like a fresh spin on it I mean these guys have probably encountered that before but I certainly haven't I guess uh maybe I have maybe I just can't remember but for me it just feels like a fresh spin on everything and, and yeah I for, for for a short little book that you can read in I guess an hour maybe an hour and 15 minutes tops if you're going to sit and appreciate each page and things like that I think I think it's a great book and I think I think it's a nice little thing to have on your shelf um yeah so Ray what do you think in conclusion like what's yeah I think I came off a bit strong at the start right out the gates I do agree yeah. I think it's an interesting short well-told story even if it's things that i've seen before that doesn't mean that it doesn't have a value i think it's it never irritated me even though i i i was never rolling my eyes at the things that i felt like i'd seen before it was just telling a story i'd seen before I was, yeah it wasn't yeah it wasn't a frustratingly cliched read i would i would recommend it yeah it's, yeah. A, it's a standard alien story but it's not a standard alien story at the same time because there are little little bits that have been twisted ever so slightly off center and i think that's why it's not oh, here we go again, kind of thing, you mm. know, because you, you still... And that's, the thing, I, that's why I think context is quite important because uh, now knowing when it came out, a lot of the things where I'm like, oh, that's a bit of a cliche, uh, are mostly going to be things that I, um, I've consumed that were made after then. Mm. So I guess it's slightly unfair, but I mean, it, in my experience of, of reading it, uh, I guess some of those things sort of felt that way, but... Um, I don't know, it's like, I'll say um, uh, I'm not as cool on it as maybe Rahul, and not as hot on it as, say, you, Greg, but I would definitely recommend it. I think it's, uh, I think it's just well worth a read, and I think criticisms of it being like, well, this is an alien retread again, if you're a big alien fan or aliens fan, you're probably going to welcome that instead, so I, I would definitely read it. Mm. So I'd definitely say it's worth a read just for the art alone, at the very least. That's very true, yeah. Yeah. Um, so on to the second book that we have to discuss today, which is Aliens Dead Orbit by James Stucco. Now, this book is currently being published. It's part one of four. Um, the first one that we got was in April, and this is like issue number one that I have in front of me now. Um we're getting issue two at the end of this month that I mentioned earlier in the podcast. And, um, I, I think so far this is, this is shaping up to be a good story. And I mean, I like, I like James Stokoy anyway, because I've, I've read some of his other stuff. I've read his Godzilla stuff, um, half century war, which is like my, one of my favorite comic books of all time, just because it's so bombastic and, I, I love his artwork for how detailed it is, and it, this is another guy, by the way, that you can that, that can really do on a matapia. Um, so, I guess we dive in with this one, and what? Let's let's get you guys' thoughts on it first, because obviously I I love it like I love everything, but let's see see what you guys think first. So, Ray, any initial thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> well, as ever, I've, I'm pretty much on the polar opposite end of uh, as you on this one. No. I think it. I think it, it's a really great contrast to Alien Salvation because, in the ways that Alien Salvation was kind of cliched, um, maybe less in hindsight, knowing the context of how old it is, but it's cliched in a non-frustrating way, in a way that felt at least felt natural and good storytelling. I feel like this is. Um, Alien Dead Orbit is cliched in a way that is very frustrating to read, in a way where it doesn't feel like there's a lot of weight to what's happening. Things just seem to occur. And the way these the characters in this play talk to each other feel unnatural. They don't feel like they, um, they have much bearing on the things that are happening around them. And yeah, I just, I felt very frustrated with this. And after having read it, I came to appreciate Alien Salvations a lot more, I think, especially because this one is so contemporary. Like, it's it's fairly new, right? It's it's this year. It's, it's like this year. Yeah. Just fresh off the press last month kind of thing. So and, uh, take setting that aside. I think the artwork is 
interesting. I think it's really, really detailed and really colorful. And I think it sets an interesting tone, but it's, it's also very messy. And I think I like the, I like the backdrops of where they are more than the characters themselves. There's something that feels out of place by mm. how unnatural each of the characters looks in it. They seem a bit too like unnatural and skewed and angular and kind of like everyone's been punched in the face and then it, like their features haven't popped back out. I feel like every single character has that issue with them and they're all kind of slanted mm. off to the side. And everything else except for the characters I think is interesting. It's got this kind of used future like dilapidated shunted together look yeah i mean yeah there's mm. it's it's what i like about this guy i like the way i like lines and i like the so in any artwork i like lines i like things to be very graphic (laughs) and i like things that are full of lines um but this this is why it's really good contrast to salvation yeah salvation did a a lot with a A lot with very little and i feel like Stucco here is is cramming in detail where he doesn't need to, and I think it like you're right. Um, half what was it? Half century war. Yeah, uh, the Godzilla yeah. book that you very kindly bought for me for my birthday, and I really did enjoy. I think it worked really well in that story. I think it worked well in that context. But here, there's just something that's a little bit too cloying. You see, about... I I like it. I like how claustrophobic it is. It really get you know it gets across the claustrophobia of being stuck in space with you know, like for like the same five or six people for days on end you get that feeling that it's you know it's not a nice place to be i just feel like it's slightly too cartoony for the the setting and maybe that's me not giving it enough time maybe if i read the next few issues and saw what tone this story is trying to set but having again having come off it immediately after salvation and that having captured the tone of like this oppressive alien atmosphere this one doesn't really grab me quite as strongly. For me, this does this. For me, this actually does capture the claustrophobia of space and gets <laughs> that across quite nicely. And I, I do rather enjoy the um, the crust, like the way this guy draws <laughs> crust, as I, I like to call it, crust. But yeah, you know, like crumbling um, bits of techno, like old technology and rust and and just mm. jagged edges and cracked windscreens and things like that this guy is like yeah i i think there's a lot of detail to pour over and that's really interesting like again the backdrops are kind of cool there's they're just they're really visually busy which isn't isn't inherently a bad thing Mm. it just changes i think the characters look really cartoony compared to the setting i feel like they should be in um but that's not to say that art is bad i just feel like the tone is slightly off yeah i I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm going to completely disagree with you and say that it gets <laughs> gets the tone like dead on. But it's it's. I think that's that's Stokoe's style. That's just. Mm. It is. It does. Yeah. Like, it, all of his stuff kind of looks like this. I think. All of all of his stuff has this um. This very graphic, very. Like rusty future kind of. Junkyard thing about it. that's what i enjoy i like it i think it feels a bit punk yeah <laughs> and you do like your punk yes <laughs> i like i like i like the um yeah I, I i like the way that he draws this uh this kind of like yeah used future tech and this uh industrial these industrial kind of environments and things like that and that the story so far in this book um i think it is setting up and it is setting the tone it's like you know the, obviously it's again it's it's cliches as with salvation you know uh guys on night watch uh other you know other crews sleeping stump they they stumble across like a at like a, a, an abandoned ship in the middle of nowhere and it's like the ghost ships it's the ghost ship trope basically mm. oh look let's check it out that oh, that's always a good idea it always ends well right you know <laughs> so they go and go check out this like ghost ship like floating in the middle of nowhere and um they they're getting readings from it, so they know there's crew on there, and they know that they're in in uh, sort of like cryo sleep type thing. So they're going to go on there and investigate and see what happened because it looks it looks in a bad way. This ship as well, it doesn't look it looks old. Um, and there's there's like little bits in this when they're exploring that I quite like, like the way he uses um, when um, when Vasilevsky 
says uh it calls that the um uh what's it calls rook he calls him saint anthony like the patron saint, patron saint of sailors, which is I think it's quite mm. nice. It's like all these old nautical terms again coming out, which I, I do enjoy about these books that they use that they keep it. You, this could this could be a story. You could strip it back, and it could be you know like a a, a Spanish galleon coming across an abandoned ship. This could be the Mary Celeste, but with some kind of like crazy murderous beast on board, kind of thing, you know. And I like I like the um, I just I just like the setup, and I like I like the way this issue ends, especially. Oh yeah, the money shot at the end is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. I, I like the um, the way that he, his eyes play tricks on him when he thinks he can see the alien, but he's actually just looking at like a, uh, a, a like a piece of junk lodged in the. <laughs> yeah, really ironically yeah. aligned piece of pipework. <laughs> <laughs> But that's but, one of the cliches that I kind of roll my eyes at. Like it's it's interesting and it's funny and mm. it's it, it was more just like. <laughs> but that's weird, that is of. what that is what the alien is adapted to. But it's it's a little bit too. I think it just feels a bit too comical and too lighthearted and not oppressive enough. Mm. Um, well, even even the the boiled survivor scene. Yeah, even that. Like they come out piping red hot, looking with like with their eyes all bulging and stuff, and it feels a little bit anime-ish more than gritty, dark, uh, alien oppressiveness. Uh, yeah, I'm getting, and maybe I, that's just down to taste. I, you know. I do. I it's, do. Not, it's funny you, you say that um, because uh, that's one thing I would have said with the art because, um, like, initially reading it, um, uh, like, yeah, the character, like, their faces, like you say, it's all very sort of like you like using a wide-angle lens and you're at an angle as well. So it's, everything's kind of distorted in a way. Mm. But then I, I grew I grew to, like, it didn't bug me as much as we went on because it started to remind me of, um, like, certain manga from, like, the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. Um, which I quite liked and, like, how different everyone's uniform is slightly different and stylized and um uh how everyone's um got like this this weird sort of unique look um about them uh, like it did start to uh endear itself to me um but yeah i kind of know i kind of know where you're coming from uh in terms of like it being cartoony um but uh, i'll say again second comic in a row i'm probably in the middle of you guys <laughs> again <laughs> but i'm not on, i'm not on any fence but i'm, I'm in the middle <laughs> of you guys sitting on the barbed wire fence <laughs> rahul's ready uh... rahul's ready to plug it in because <laughs> <laughs> um like i just saying, i think the the biggest strength of uh the art in this is definitely all the backgrounds like it the mm. detail is immense like it makes sense that they chose uh jeff darrow to do the main cover because he's another guy who has intensely detailed um like artwork i mean mm. the wachowskis used him as their concept designer for the the matrix films and uh, like just so it makes sense that it's almost like a passing of the baton because well, like inside the actual yeah. book like the, the level of detail is is great and it i kind of i kind of like um it being a shift because i haven't read anything in a while that kind of looks like this so it's funny that my initial yeah sort of uh ugh, i don't know about this i, I know it's, uh i think i got i got lulled in and i started to like enjoy the art and like yeah abandoned ship like that mm. those are cliches that i don't mind as much um and then, yeah, it started to feel, which is really odd, but it started to feel like I was reading a comic from the 90s in good and bad ways, whereas with um, Salvation, I didn't know that was from the 90s. I thought it was from now. So um, it's funny having having yeah. those be switched like that in my mind. <laughs> but um, where this was uh, gaining me with the art and uh, the atmosphere to, to a degree, because uh, like, I love when they find those uh, those cryo tanks. Like, I, like, I love the idea of it. It started to lose me towards the end with, with the the story, and like say the uh, his eyes playing tricks on him. That that just seemed like silly because it's fully for the audience and not for the characters. And then 
that the alien being there. And I know it's hard. It's hard reviewing like um, a single just issue. One issue. But why? Why um, is it silly that that's for the audience? Well, it's uh, weird because cause... he's he doesn't know that. I mean. Unless he yeah. does know that such, such a thing as a xenomorph, xenomorph exists and he knows what it looks like and he's picturing that through that crack in the wall. Like, why does that freak him out? Why well, does he see what we know to be this, a xenomorph, which then turns yeah. out to be a bunch of pipes? This, like it just, hmm. this might not be his first rodeo. That might get revealed in issues two, three, and four. Perhaps. Yeah. That's fair enough. But yeah. without that knowledge, it is hard. And that's why I think it's hard because... Again, it's Leon doing the comic TV metaphor, but it feels like I'm unfairly reviewing uh, shortcomings while only having watched 10 minutes or the cold open of a TV show. Mm. Like, mm. the ne- before the next ad break, it could fully explain yeah. some of the things that I find annoying about it. So, like, I've, I'm not really a big fan of how the alien appears. I mean, I, I think the artwork on that on those final panels are amazing. But it just kind of feels silly. It's like, oh, the pack. And then suddenly, da-da, Xenomorph. And it's like, uh, like it, it, I don't know. Like, it felt like very, like, we need, like, it is for this reason. But it felt like we need the hook, so let's drop the hook in. And I kind of wish there was more of a slow build with it. But mm. I, I guess that's just uh, my... Uh, my sensibility running up against these sensibilities of the storytelling of what, the first issue of the book. What I um, what I think is unique about this book, which appeals to me, always appeals to me, is when it's one guy. So it's James, James Stocko has done the art, the inking, and the writing, hmm. and he's doing all of it in this book. Oh, have you got the? Did you, you mention the Jeff Darrow cover? Have you got the Jeff Darrow cover then? Because that's a variant. Is that a variant? Yeah. Is, which one is that? Because. I thought the Jeff Darrow one was the original, like the one where it's in space and the xenomorphs side on. No, that's that's Stucco. Yeah, that's the cover I've got. Yeah, which, that's the main. Yeah, that's the main Stucco. cover. Stucco did the whole thing, start to finish. It's like a, um, it's like a Weapon X affair where it's the same and artist. There's, and... there's a variant cover where the xenomorphs like scaling a cliff, yeah, having impaled some weird machinery on his tail. Because there's a Jeff Darrow cover and there's a Rafael Albuquerque cover. Okay, I've been confused. Then, which one is the Albuquerque cover? Um, I've never seen. I not, think I've that's not seen the one the where it's cover. like a sketched, sketchy picture of a guy uh, in a spacesuit looking okay. down at a like um, fetal position alien at the bottom. Yeah, this is the main. This is the main cover. It's it's um, the one with the uh, astronaut, which is Vasilevsky, hmm. and the alien sort of side on crumbling away, and that's Stokoe. Oh, Stocko, sorry. Get his name right. <laughs> the purpley looking one. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's okay, the yeah. main that, cover. That's pretty cool, then. Yeah. Um, I do like that cover. Mm. Yeah. I like I like Stocko's artwork. I'm a big advocate of crust, so... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no... But, in... uh, no, I was just going to say, like... Um, it, again, it's um, a cool concept... Um, but I'm just not sure. Like, again, it's another one where, and like, I'm here for the art, but I'm not sure how I feel on the story yet because yeah. um, it kind of feels like I don't know pacing or something. Like, it kind of we're getting stuff that feels sort of unearned really early, and I know you got to do it because it's the first issue. Mm-hmm. But um, just other stuff that I'm used to sort of uh, reading and. Uh, I know. I, I kind of want the dread to build, mm. but for all I know, issues two, three, and four, and like the, the first trade when it's complete, could be like full dread and and yeah. wind back the mystery. But it just feels crazy. Like, okay, we found this, we found this, donors, and I'm off. And it's like, uh, I know it's meant to be like, whoa. But for me, it's just a case of like, uh, like I'm, I'm exhausted already. <laughs> like, uh, Actually, l- lure me into this world a bit more. Mm, I did think that final shot of the xenomorph i thought that was part way through the book i thought that was you know how sometimes you get a splash page uh, halfway through or three quarters of the way through the story and there would be a conclusion but it just it's like the da-da and then it ends mm. and i was left really disappointed by that i think i i was but left I earlier I, I do think i'd need to read a couple more before i make my yeah. mind up fully on it well obviously yeah because it's just issue one but i enjoyed issue one and i i'm wait i'm i'm down for issue two and i do want the rest of it because yeah um, I think if if this is a decent metric, I think yeah. I've read issue ones of a comic that I don't know anything else about 
that have got me excited for issue two in a yeah. genuine like I want to know what happens next. Whereas this one makes me feel I want to read issue two to see if it improves. Well, I I, I want to read issue two to know what happens next for sure, and <laughs> I want to read issue two to see more of this artwork. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, I, I, yeah. I'm very very interested to like because despite my. Uh, concerns of the story uh and like how it just drops those things in in our lap in a way that doesn't feel right for me i'm still tempted to continue and at least read the whole of the mm. first trade when that's complete yeah yeah just because i really do like the art especially like the environments like yeah I'm interested to see what they do with it mm. it's because he does with it i should say everything this guy draws just seems so complete I don't know what it is about that. I think it's the same reason. I like this for the same reason that I like Eastman and Laird. You know, like the early Turtles artwork. Because it's yeah. just, the, I like the lines and I like There's a lot going on. And this yeah. would look great in black and white. It would. <laughs> I think, I it, think I, it would, but I really appreciate the use of colour in this. Yeah, I the do. The colouring yeah. is great in this. I'll say that. Yeah. I, I do think um, Half Century War is a really good recommendation off the back of this because I think it's... It has the same like intricate and interesting art style, um, but with a story that I really enjoyed as mm. well. Yeah, half half century war is. I mean, this has got this. This feels like it hits the same notes as half century war story wise, or like it's going to, because mm. it's going to be that kind of B movie esque um, action yeah, kind fest. Of action, yeah. Yeah, 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 which is what I want. <laughs> I quite like that. I mean, obviously it's not a standard alien story, but it's what I want. It's quite like. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I, I like that kind of you know poppy b movie i like i like comics that that don't pull punches i mean i like i like it when punches are pulled and they're pulled properly and you get the dread build up like leon has mentioned but i like it when they don't pull punches and it's something that i can just kick back and enjoy without thinking too hard about it one thing i actually dislike though like uh despite any other misgivings i've heard earlier i kind of don't like the, how the speech bubbles all link together it's, mm. it, with like the snaky sort of uh, connections between each bubbles. For some reason, it just it just takes me out of the art every time. <laughs> I see, it's just I, such a nitpick, but I, it takes me out. I think it works its way in pretty well because then it's like you know who's I, I don't know. It, for me, it all fits together nicely, so I'm I'm completely. Uh, <laughs> odds with I, you guys on this one, but yeah, <laughs> I kind of agree. I think it kind of makes up for a lack of consideration on like the framing a little bit, but again, that is super nitpicky, and we'll have to see where that goes. Yeah. So conclusions on this one. Um, again, I like it. I'd recommend it. It's you know, it was it, it, it's it's a nice nice again the nice beginning to an alien story, and I'm excited to see where it takes us. So I will be buying the other issues, and I will be following it. And hopefully, um, by the time we've had issue four and we've got the full story, I'll be able to give you guys more of a complete review uh, when I talk about issue four, um, and I can talk about the whole thing as a whole and how wonderful it is. <laughs> um. You guys got any any thoughts, any conclusions on this one that you want to? Want anything you want to air? Any any more savaging you want to get done? <laughs> <laughs> I would say um, I'd really recommend picking up Half Century War because at least that's a complete thing. Wait until the first trade of this is out and mm. then pick it up at the end because that's what I'm going to do. I don't think I'm going to be buying any more issues. I think I'll wait until the trades out and I'll read it then. Both of these are probably good things to pick up in the run up to the new Aliens film. That's a very I good point. Say, yes. Yeah. We've got a new Aliens film coming out. Covenant. Which, again, I seem to be the only person that's unashamedly excited about this. <laughs> Everybody else is like sort of reserving judgment. Reserving but... judgment is the exact right phrase. Mm. I'm not getting too excited. I've been disappointed before. So I like I've to... been hurt before, Greg. I like to throw myself at things. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All the sharp, jagged things that Stucco puts in his artwork. Just <laughs> launch yourself onto it. Jump off a cliff into a pile of his junk. Um... <laughs> Man, you really like Stucco, don't you? <laughs> Not in that way. God. That came out wrong. <laughs> Every episode we've done, you've, you've made some sort of slip up. <laughs> Yeah, wonderful. Well, write him a letter. I'm sure Stucco will love it. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I mean, like, because the way he draws junk and crust. 
Keep God, you two, get your mind, get your minds out of the gutter, damn it! Hey, he draws gutters so well. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah. I will say, in conclusion, for me, like I don't know, it's hard because I'm not uh, as down on it. I would say as Rahul is. I don't even think Rahul is as down as it uh, as it may appear uh, overtly. But, I agree. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but like. It's just because there were negatives to bring up, and we brought up the negatives. But I, I, I don't dislike it. And I don't think uh, you're crazy for liking it. Like I just don't have strong feelings on it yet. But um, I'm in the same boat. Like I don't want to read week by week. I want, I want that first trade to be complete, and I, I want you to be bouncing off the walls about it, Greg. And then I will revisit this, and um, I think it will read better as uh, a collection, mm. or, um, as like a. Might not be a full arc, but I think it will read better yeah, yeah. Um, with yeah. this bit sewn off. Because, like I'm say- saying earlier, just watching the first ten minutes of a pilot, you don't really get a good overview. And there's things that you've alluded to that we uh, that I was bringing up as nitpicks that seem like they're uh, m- uh, slightly addressed. So, like, it's it's weird because I went into this comic disliking it more than I dis- uh, less than I d- uh, no more than I dislike it now because. Um, like I said, the artwork and some of the other stuff is just, I don't know, it wasn't working for me, the characters to begin with. But um, I don't know, just the, the heavily detailed worlds and then thinking back to some of those uh, sort of early, uh, or let's say mid 90s uh, manga with uh, really, really, really good, sort of strong pencil work as well. It, it gave me an appreciation for it. So. Once that trades out, I, I will be jumping back as well. Sp- to, it's got, it's got that Akira-iness about it. It does a little it bit. Does, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, it reminded me of yeah. Akira. This is, which is always nice to see. And you can, you, this man wears his influences on his sleeves and we like it. Um, so, I guess that about wraps it up. Um, that's been uh, Ace Comicals. You can find us on... Uh, well at www.acecomicals.com you can find us on twitter at ace comicals you can find us on facebook under ace comicals you can now find us on instagram if you search for ace comicals where it will be pretty pictures of comics and obviously touting the podcast because that's what we do you can find us on wordpress uh, acecomicals.wordpress.com you can find us on itunes under ace comicals you can find us on your favorite podcast app under ace comicals uh we like pocket cast because we know we can be found there but obviously whatever podcast app you use i'm sure you'll be able to find us um you can find us well it yeah you, you can find me on twitter at bato b-a-t-t-o-u um, if you want to field any questions, you can field them to me on Twitter or you can get in touch via the Ace Comicals email address, which is acecomicals.gmail.com. We want your questions. We need questions to answer. We so, so, so need questions to answer. Um, and uh, where can we find you guys? Where can we find you, Ray? Yeah, at Twitter. So that's at Monke, which is M-O-O-N-K-E-H. And Leon? Twitter as well, uh, at Leon Efret. Yeah, so um, if you want to field any questions to these guys, you can get in touch with them through the Ace Comicals channels as well. Um, I'm sure they'll be able to answer your questions there. Or, I mean, field questions to the podcast, guys. Come on, ask us something. Ask us something silly. Ask us something ridiculous. We'll answer it. Yeah, so uh, that's been Ace Comicals. Uh, Ace Comicals, over and out.